It was a normal Tuesday morning on May 18th, back in 1802 for the Mason family, out on the farm in Medfield, Massachusetts. Mr. Mason, the owner of the farm, had his son-in-law, William Pitt Allen, fertilizing the property, preparing it for the impending harvest season. However, little did Allen know, he was on the top of his brother-in-law's hit list, and this would be his last time scaling the fields. You're listening to Casting Vine Lake, based in Medfield, Massachusetts. We're your hosts, Maggie Scales and Grace Mitchell. For most, the term dead field means sleepy summer days with nothing to do. But for an unfortunate few, it takes on a much darker meaning. Today, we'll be going back all the way to 1802 for the murder of a man and the hanging of his killer. Before starting this episode, we'd like to give a special thank you to Richard DeSorga. Were it not for his extremely helpful article on the Medfield Patch, we wouldn't have been able to create this episode and teach you all about the murder of William Pitt Allen. So thank you very much, Richard DeSorga. Back in the good old days of 1802, familial estates such as the Mason family farm would be passed down the bloodline through the birth lottery for generations. However, this couldn't be the case for Mr. Mason because of his son, Ebenezer's mental health. Ebenezer was mentally unstable, and therefore, his father decided it would be better that his son-in-law, William Pitt Allen, inherit the farm instead. And let me tell you, this did not sit well with Ebenezer. Okay, before we address that big piece of it not sitting well, let's just talk about the mental health aspect, because I feel like in this section, mentally unstable is kind of a zing word, but it... Back then, it would have had a much different connotation than what it has now, and I feel like, you know, he could have been anything from highly anxious to depressed, and they would have, you know, that would have constituted it all, like, him would have fallen into one category, right? And that would have constituted yeah. him being like possessed, <laughs> or, like, <laughs> or like just like I don't even know, a terrible person, like. I, yeah, I don't know. So I I don't know. It's just like. <clears throat> You, who knows what they, what he was really up with him, because if we're only hearing it from people who back then thought that depression meant you were Satan, then I think <laughs> this is a little bit biased. In addition to that, uh, I don't think it would sit well with me either if my uh, brother-in-law, <laughs> Billy, inherited the farm when I, through the birthright, should have inherited it. I won the birth lottery. Billy's I gonna put, get his own I, farm through his birth lottery. Yeah, well, excuse me, what about his dad? Does his dad know how to farm? And, you know, I put my ticket in, I played the Powerball. <laughs> I won the birth, the birth lottery, and this farm is mine. And then dad's yeah. like, oh no, it's Billy's. Yeah, like, what about all the other guys in yeah. town? They get to have their farms. Yeah. So I should think, Ebenezer. I think I would be, I think I would be pretty angry and pretty sad. So this really pissed off Ebenezer, because by his birthright, he is supposed to carry on the legacy of his dad's farm, just like all the other guys in town. Ebenezer's rage was without bounds, so he marched into the fields on that Tuesday morning in May and bludgeoned his brother-in-law to death with a shovel. Well, after hearing that, I would like to respectfully take back my statement earlier (laughs) when I said that perhaps Ebenezer was just slightly mentally ill, because I think, you know, maybe unstable was a fair analysis yeah, you can't be stable to bludgeon. to to bludgeon your brother to death with a shovel. You know, like <laughs> plenty of people have anxiety and depression, but I wouldn't say that very many people kill their brothers with a shovel. So I no. think you know Ebenezer's unique in that regard, and I gotta have to say, yeah, he was unstable. They were right. <laughs> they they were absolutely right. 
So after poor William was violently betrayed by his brother-in-law with a shovel, Ebenezer fled. I mean, he booked it, and he did not look back. After a couple hours, the Mason family found their beloved William stopped dead in his tracks, no pun intended, <laughs> leaving the fertilization high and dry. With Ebenezer gone, it wasn't hard to put the pieces of the incident together, so the family alerted the townspeople, and Ebenezer was found and brought to Dedham Superior Court, where he was hanged and later buried in our beloved Vine Lake Cemetery. Huh. I wonder where he went. Like, which direction did he run in? Like, I don't know. Like, do you think he just... Because he must have known that it didn't matter, because at this point, he doesn't have anything to live for. So No farm. Yeah, no farm. And without a farm, you know what you're, <laughs> you're not going to get? Nothing. You're not going to get a wife. You're, you're, you're gonna not going to get kids. straight to hell, to use the terms of that time. He's going to hell. <laughs> but in all seriousness, I think at this point, he was like whatever nothing matters anymore let's just kill billy and run yeah i guess it doesn't matter where he ran where he ran to because he had nothing to fear i don't know nothing so jeez yikes okay this is where things take a really spooky twist on halloween night what but 24 days after his burial two grave robbers jonathan sprague of dedham and zadok howe of franklin stole mason's body on halloween What's even spookier and incredibly convenient for these grave robbers is the fact that Royal Sales, the principal witness, vanished the night before their trial. So, of course, these hooligans were let off without a charge. So, first of all, my first question is, was this on purpose that they did it on Halloween? Did they think this would be kind of funny? Because personally, I think that would be hilarious if I was playing to grave rob and I was like, hey, it's Halloween, let's do that. That's yeah, scary. Tr- trying to get some attention. Yeah. Stir the pot a Which- little bit. Really makes Dead no field. sense because you wouldn't want to stir the pot a little bit when you're stealing a body, but maybe they're just having a little fun with it. But also, why are they stealing his body? I don't, because he couldn't possibly have precious stones or anything of anything, value. Yeah. So I don't understand why they would want his body. But to I. To say they did it. To say they did it. <laughs> yeah, okay, let's commit a crime just to say that we did it. But the other thing is that even though the principal witness to put it that way was gone wasn't it it was still clearly known that they did it so i'm not sure why they got off without a charge but i I don't know know. maybe it's because he was a murderer so nobody really cares about his body but i you know i'm still wondering what was going through zadik's mind yeah what's up with this zadik name i don't i don't know i won't judge him for it i might it is what it is you know, Maggie, after going over some of these details of this story, I'm kind of curious. Where did Mr. DeSorga get all this information? Where did he dig it up? Oh, that's hilarious <laughs> and a little bit gross, but that's fine. So Maggie and I are going to venture over to Town Hall and see what we can dig, dig up, up for ourselves. <laughs> all right, so we're here at Town Hall. We've never been here before, so we're not quite sure how to get in. We're at the back entrance right now. What do you think? I think that they'll let us in through the back, but I'm concerned that we're going to walk in and they'll we're be like angry. Walking, yeah. But anyways, we're here for Ebenezer, and we're going to find him. <laughs> All right, 
right, so we just went into Town Hall and it was kind of a flop because they don't have anything, which is why we're now going to go over to, what, the Historical Society? Yes, there was a very nice woman in there. I think she was doing secretarial work. And she recommended that we go to the Historical Society, so she's the real goat here. Anyways, that's where we'll be going right now. Okay, so we're standing in front of the Medfield Historical Society, and guess what? It's okay. not open. It's, it's not open. You know when it is open? Guess. <laughs> Guess when it's open. <laughs> the first and third Saturdays of every month from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. What, what does that even mean? Four hours a month. <laughs> <laughs> I'm angry. Okay, goodbye. Okay, so we're in the library right now, which is where we came after our crushing defeat at the Historical Society. Mm -hmm. And this very nice woman who works at the library took us over to the historical section, and we found this book. And in the book, I kid you not, they have a whole paragraph dedicated to Ebenezer Mason and and the murder of William Pitt Allen. And I I was shocked (laughs) with delight. Pure delight lit up my face. Struck gold. I nearly fainted. Anyway... So we found this paragraph, and it helps us to figure out what exactly the timeline was of this whole situation. So we have some specific dates for you. It was on the 7th of October that Ebenezer committed the murder. And then sometime by November 1st, his body was exhumed and robbed. So, yeah, so right after Halloween, like... So that, you know, that distinction of 24 days that Mr. DeSorga had... Um, included in his article was pretty much exactly true, but it does help put things into perspective of the months and dates, I think. Mm -hmm. And this paragraph also talks about a group of Medfield residents called the Horse Thief Detecting Society. Don't ask me why they call themselves that, because I don't know. (laughs) And Maggie is about to explain what exactly involved them yeah so these medfield dads who were the horse thief detective society Mm -hmm. um they had found ebenezer's missing body but were too scared to rebury him thinking like he might be stolen again uh so they got crafty and they dismembered ebenezer's body and buried his remains around town DIY, how do we ensure a body never gets buried and robbed again? Yay! <laughs> oh my god, why? Why would your first thought be, let's, let's cut up the body? Also, Ooh. like, go ahead. They were gonna, um, like, whatever. They were gonna persecute the um, grave robbers, but, like, feel free to dismember him. We'll yeah. applaud you for that. Yeah, it, like, true. Like, okay, to be fair, he is a murderer, so it's not like he deserves the best treatment. But why is that? Do you, who, who do you think recommended this? You think, you think Tommy, Thomas, <laughs> the neighborhood best dad that there is? The neighborhood, neighborhood watch president. The neighborhood genius? He was like, hey, guys, <laughs> hear me out. Former president of concerned citizens. Yeah, former president. <laughs> and, and he's like, hear me out, guys. I have a great idea. What if we caught up the body and buried it around town? Oh, Tom. Why have you been hiding these ideas from us? I don't, they just come to me. They just, they come, just to come to me. I don't even... But, but seriously, who thinks of that? Who thinks of that? <laughs> who carries that out? How would you be able to cut I off know. somebody's head and not react? I would vomit and then vomit into my vomit. How could... <laughs> How do you call yourself a member of the Horse Thief Detective Society? Society and then cut up a body? Yeah. Wow, that seems awfully murderish of you. I would like them to get kicked off the Horse Thief Detective yeah, Society. Yeah, you know what? Me too. Sorry, Thomas. 
All right, so you might be a little curious where his um, body parts are buried around town, and let me tell you. His torso is on the corner of South Street and Noon Hill Road because for some reason, these dads decided that that corner is representative of the crossroads of heaven and hell. Um, His head was buried in a field off of South Street next to Stop River on the border of Norfolk and Medfield. And I understand that these dads were, you know, trying to be meaningful with the burial of Ebenezer's remains, you know, because they have a soul, apparently. Um, Supposedly. Supposedly. I, yeah. But um, I do find it odd that the body parts that we know of are buried on the opposite side of town from the Mason family farm. Um, Was there some kind of significance behind South Street? And I don't even, I mean, say we went to town hall again. And then the secretary sent us the historical society, and then they, we went to the library again. I don't think we would find any kind of information about this because I think this is purely something that is between people. I think it's it sounds like some kind of folklore that is probably. I mean, it's obviously rooted in nothing, but Were these dads I don't know. Just freaking out? Do they think, happen to be by South Street? I don't and think like, so. Let's just I, do it I here. think this. I think the the key uh, portion here is the crossroads of heaven and hell. I think it has something to do with. The crime itself, maybe that, you know, they weren't, they didn't know who, if they were fit to judge whether he would be admitted to heaven or hell, because obviously at this time, religion was still yeah. hugely important in yeah. midfield. Um, you know, maybe it was their kind of like send off for him into the unknown after death that he could end up in heaven or hell, whatever God saw fit. As far as South Street goes, I have no idea, but I will tell you, it's creepy at nighttime. And I think it's haunted. I know. We hear a lot about the South Street. <laughs> it, we sure do. We sure do. There's some ghosts over there. I, sometimes I drive to Indian Hill, and I'm like, yeah, there's a ghost with me right now. <laughs> She's here in this car. Or maybe it's a heat. Maybe it's Ebony's Causeway Amazing. Street gives me some... Yeah, I get those vibes, too. Yeah. It's just that side of town, you know? Yeah. It's just that side of town. I live on the other side, so... I'm yeah, so we're in, the, we're, in the, we're in the good part of town. Yeah. Now, one thing that we have to remember about this insane story is that it happened over 200 years ago. Back in the early 1800s, grave robbing was actually very popular as medical advancements began to progress. Apparently, some selectmen would pay up to $100, about $2,300 now, for the arrest of grave robbers. Okay, so what you're saying is they weren't grave robbing to steal precious stones. They were grey robbing to see what a human kidney looks like. Yeah, they were like, I want to know more about what the inside of the human body looks like because I want to cure all the diseases. Okay. I'll put some respect on that. I I understand that. But mm-hmm. still feel for Ebenezer. Sorry, dude. Yeah. They wanted your liver. Kind of tough. It's tragic. And... You know, I'm gonna have to say I think I would also pay twenty three hundred dollars to make sure that my loved ones at weren't least. exhumed. <laughs> yeah, at least. At eh, least. Maybe only so much. <laughs> but yeah, I do think that makes sense. Yeah. On a more serious note, William Pitt Allen's body can still be found at Vine Lake Cemetery, buried alongside his granddaughter. He claims the title of Medfield's very first murder victim.